Well, hello, everybody. This is Janice Malone, host of Film Festival Radio Show. And I have a fantastic interview that I just did a few hours ago. My featured guest is world-renowned photographer, now film director, Misan Harriman. And his new film will be premiering on Netflix on October 25th. So make sure you tune into it. It's a film short. And the title of it is called The After. And we have a uh, video clip uh, at the bottom there for you to see the preview, the uh, trailer, I should say, of it. Now, The After made its world premiere at the Oscar-qualifying Holly Shorts Film Festival, where it won Best Live Action Short. It is a very powerfully uh, acted film. The star is award-winning actor, internationally acclaimed actor, David Oyelowo is the main star. So we would like for Misan, of course, to tell us in his own words, but I can tell you that the main storyline is about a British uh, rideshare driver, and he witnesses and becomes a part of a very, very tragic, devastating attack, a random attack that um, takes the life of family members. And so I'll just leave it at that. And the rest of the film tells how this affected him for the almost the rest of his life. So it's very well acted because of, I mean, look who's in the starring role there. Role. I mean, look who is in the starring role, uh, David uh, Ayelawa. So you know this is a very well uh, acted role with uh, David being the leading role and having the leading role. So again, it will be premiering on Netflix on October 25th. Misan Harriman is a world-renowned photographer, He's the first black person to shoot uh, the cover of British Vogue magazine. He's uh, photographed uh, Meghan and Harry, Prince Harry. Uh, that was uh, their portraits. He's photographed uh, Angelina Jolie, Jay-Z, Tom Cruise, Rihanna, uh, just so many people. I will be asking him during the interview, what was it like and what was some of his favorite memories from uh, photographing some of these world international uh, superstar names that he's um, worked with. So we talk about a lot. We talk about the film. We talk about his career. So get a soda, get a drink or something, glass of milk or whatever, and just sit back and listen to my recent chat with photographer, now film director, Misan Harriman, as he chats about his new film short, The After again, which will be premiering on Netflix on October 25th. So let's take a listen. Let's roll it. All right, listeners, I have my next guest on board here on Film Festival Radio Show. Uh, he is a very, very talented photographer, writer, and now filmmaker. Uh, his name, of course, is Misan Harriman, and he's calling us all the way from London. Should I say good afternoon or good evening, Misan? Good good evening. Good evening. Okay. okay. <laughs> Def definitely good evening. <laughs> good evening. Well, we are gathered here today, my time, this evening, your time, uh, to talk about your new film short, The After, which uh, will be premiering on October 25th 
worldwide on Netflix. And I will tell everyone that the after premiered uh, at at the uh, Holly Shorts Film Festival where it won Best Live Action Short. And now... Yay! Absolutely. And now uh, it is about to premiere, as I said, on Netflix on October 25th. And Misan, you are the director of uh, Mm -hmm. this film. And I saw it, as I said, my second time. And I will just let you take it from here. Tell us about your excellent cast, and then we'll get into what Mm -hmm. the storyline is all about. Sure. I mean, I think principally, if we're talking about the cast, the, the, the man that is in pretty much every scene is who who I, I guess at this point, I'm unapologetic in introducing him as one of the great actors of our time. And that's David Oyelowo. And I cannot believe how lucky I am because David does not need to be making any short films <laughs> yes. uh, for him to decide to go on the journey of my first piece of moving image with me. And I think he left nothing, nothing off the screen. It is all on the screen. And this intimate observation on loss, hope, and healing is led by this astonishing man. So uh, that that's sort of uh, me me evangelizing someone who I grew up looking up to and never thought in a million years um, that I would have the opportunity to collaborate with him. Having said that, this is one of my questions. With you being, of course, and we'll get more into your renowned photography career shortly, but you are, of course, a world-renowned uh, photographer. And this film, The uh, After, is your, your directorial debut. So how did you get this world-renowned actor, award-winning actor, David, how did you convince him to be a part and star in your film with you being a first-time director and he's such a major star? Was it a difficult journey or what? DMs. I slid into his DMs on the on the Instagram. No way. <laughs> yes way. Yes way. I, I sent him a note saying I'm a huge fan that I'm thinking of getting into film. He responded saying that he's been a fan of my photography for a while. And the rest, as they say, is history. You know, unbelievable. But that's the truth. That is how we, the, you know, the genesis of, of me and him getting to know each other was through an Instagram DM. That's no agents, no publicists, nothing. DMs. That's totally amazing. That is just, <laughs> I mean, we hear these kinds of stories, but we just think, oh, that's just a part of the Hollywood, you know, fantasy world. But it really happened in your case. Oh, yeah. That's something. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. The storyline. Let's get to the storyline. Now, I understand that you wrote the original story. And so tell Mm. us about the story and how did this story come about for you? Well, I think, you know, all of us have been through um, hell and back in the last three three, three to four years with COVID and so much seemingly not going in the direction of humanity (laughs) in the world. And, you know, I certainly had a moment of deep reflection um, during COVID, George Floyd, all of that period, and um, went through my own mental health, I would say, crisis, mm-hmm. and realized that, you know what, I'm not alone. 
You know, the truth is, I don't think anyone is okay right now. And with suicide being at the highest it's been since records have been taken and chronic depression um, kind of entering so many of us lives in a way that we were not prepared for, I wanted to make a film, a piece of art that would accompany us to help us look toward the, the horizon together. You know, if you're in a dark place, I'm not telling you I have the key to the door that will show you where light is, but I want you to watch this film and maybe, just maybe, you will know that there is a door. And that's why I wanted to make this. Now, uh, we will tell uh, the listeners that the the core storyline, uh, David's character is a rideshare driver, a Londoner, and he he he's witnessed a devastating, just a random attack on mm. his on his family there. And we don't again, we don't want to give away too much, but mm. the devastation and the sadness, the depression, and all of this just leaves him in a, a, a mental state of grief, etc. Mm-hmm. Is there film, could this be a part of maybe people who are, who have witnessed, or maybe they are experiencing great grief? Just think about, I mean, you know, the, the gun, the gun, um, the mass shootings happening all over the world, or, you know, especially in America, where parents drop their kids off at school and they get a phone call, they see on the news that there's a shooter and they, they may have lost their child. No one prepares you for that. No, no one, you know, we, we've had multiple stabbings, mass stabbings in the UK in the last few years, you know, kids killing kids and random people just, do, you know. So I, I wanted to observe that. I did a lot of research and these kind of tragic um, incidents happen more often than we realize. Um, and, um, you know, I, I won't even begin to get into what's happening in, in Israel and Palestine as well. You know, mm-hmm. all those families, they didn't plan any of this. But now they have to live with this unimaginable grief. And that's where I wanted to really focus in on this. What do you do? How do you bear the weight of grief? And grief can be so many things. It can be guilt. It can be the inability to process that your life is worth living. It could be feeling invisible. Uh, in in a world that seems to be moving forward, but you're staying still. And putting it into a rideshare driver, an Uber driver, if you like, these are people that have an interesting position. Very. Because they're always interfacing with humans every day, but we don't know their stories. And I thought that would be a very interesting character to be going through, you know, the the multitude of emotions that grief brings on, on, on you. Someone that's making human contact all the time and he's going through hell itself. And I, I wanted the, you know, the du- du- duality of that existence to be put on screen. And your film does a very good job in showing the various passengers uh, mm. that he that he's, you know, transporting and how they, you know, the, the little arguments and the little differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sidewalk scene is very gripping. Mm. Very. Yes, I, I mean, you know, we don't want to give too much away, but what I would say is that sometimes, you know, I remember our DOP who's been doing this for 30 years, you know, Simon is a great guy. 
and the first AD, sorry, our first AD, he's been doing this for 30 years, he's also called Simon, he came to me as we were sort of blocking out the scene and he was in tears. And he's like, I've never, I've never been in tears when we're not even rolling the camera. And, 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 you know, it was really clear that that scene, that, that sidewalk scene, that I, I cannot call that acting by David. That was something else, something I'm not sure we were even, um, we should have been able to bear witness because it was so deeply personal. And um, I, I thank him for giving that to us. I, I, I compare that sort of thing to when you see the great live performers of our time. You know, I don't know if you you know an artist called Nina Simone. Oh, absolutely. There's a great yes. Uh, there's a great performance by her in I think 1976 Montreux Jazz Festival. She does a song called Feelings, and in the middle of the song, I, I remember you know I, I'm watching this thing and I'm like, this woman is giving too much. Literally, you know, she's taking her soul and cutting up into pieces and just throwing it at the audience. And um, that that is what David did in that scene. And, you know, we, we, we have, for him to give us that, we have a duty of care to go on our own journey of self-discovery and healing, because that's a great gift to have. And, and, and that's art, you know, film, music, dance, poetry. You know, that's when we are at our best is when we are able to receive the answers and the questions we didn't even know we needed to ask by experiencing somebody performing at its zenith. And that's what I believe David did for us. He did. As they, as we say often in America, he nailed it. He brought the hammer, the nails, and he nails it. <laughs> Thank you. He did. Well, uh, how many takes did that scene require? Or was it all done in one one take? I mean, I think we only did two, and I remember, you know, typical me, and I, I want the steady cam guys to be, you know, statues and you know, no camera shake, and and um, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted one more, and I, 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 I walked up to him and I was like, "Can we go again?" And he's like, "No, I haven't got anything left," you know, and 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 that's when you know that you know it's not always acting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the great actors, 50% of what they do is they give to us what we dare, what we regular civilians dare even look to within ourselves, they share with the world. That's what separates these men and women from the rest of us mere mortals. That's what, you know, being a great thespian really is. You know, and, totally and, and that's what David is. Totally, totally is. Tell us about uh, the song uh, during that, shortly after that scene. Let it, I think it's called uh, Let, it, Let It All Go. Tell us about the young lady who's beautifully performing that song. Well, before we even get to there, and I, you know, I think it's the first time I'll, I say, I've said this on, on any interview. You know, I, I, I think that song saved my life. Oh, really? I really do. I, I um, you know, in my journey of, of of having you know serious anxiety attacks and pretty pretty big bouts of depression um music more than any other art form has managed to pull me out of the places that i i've been drowning in and this song particularly is one of the principal songs that has really helped me on my mental health journey so it wasn't just a a random song that i like the sound of it was it's a song that has a deep 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 meaning to my whole life 
And Birdie, the singer, is a brilliant, brilliant singer-songwriter called Birdie, um, is is very, very popular. That song had 100 million views on YouTube way before, you know, we put it in our little film. So it was a real challenge um, for me to even think I could get it. But, you know, Netflix and the licensing team and the work for um, Birdie, you know, they they read the script and saw the uh, the storyboards and, and saw how much I begged. <laughs> and we got this song. And, and I it's such a gift to be able to finish um our story with, with it's the only song I wanted to 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 be in the crescendo of this um this you know this emotive journey. Well the song of course is very apropos for uh the whole film actually. So mm. you did mm-hmm. a very good excellent selection for that song. It just blends perfectly with with the storyline and, and what have you. Well, so, okay, Misan, we know uh, that you are a self-taught photographer, and I really mm-hmm. want to get into that a little bit more. But are you also a self-taught filmmaker? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's all, you know, I will say I shoot hard first when I talk about photography, and that's exactly what I did with, with film. You know, this was one of the first times on a film set was day one, possibly the first time as a filmmaker on a film set was day one of shooting the after. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely self-taught. Were you nervous? You know, you got this world I was nervous um, build, building up to it, and I was nervous for the first sort of hour on set. Uh-huh. But I would say the process of making this film has been like breathing oxygen and full fidelity. I've never felt in anything I've ever done in my life more at home than trying to be a filmmaker absolutely i I never i just you know and i never second guessed myself i knew what compositions i wanted and you know had an amazing producer and you know cy bell great dop and we did this waltz of creativity together and i love the collaborative effort of film i love everything from what stunt workers do from hair makeup the gaffers all the lighting the dop the first ad all of it I respect and recognize the importance of trying to be a, a conductor that's helping a lot of very, very talented people tell the story where you need to be sure when you've reached the the, the, the pillars of emotion that carry the narrative forward. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> well, it's just kind of, uh, it kind of all makes sense for a successful photographer to transition over into filmmaking it's just kind of a natural progression there and yeah. uh you you started off your film directorial debut with a winner here oh my goodness uh, <laughs> really well did. you know it's 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 funny the whole winner thing because obviously you never planned that and um you know the response i mean it hasn't even come out yet and the response has been completely overwhelming and just yesterday variety published their um you know, their Oscar predictions and they they put this film in, you know, as one of the five five selections. And I almost collapsed. I, I couldn't someone send me the link and I I just I thought it was fake. You know, so it's it's all very surreal. But my hope, regardless of what happens with awards and prizes and all that, is that it reaches people that need to know that it's okay not to be okay. And that yes. their story is enough. They matter just as much as anyone else. If I can reach millions of people through the 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 aggregated reach of Netflix 
um, with you know being brave enough to put out a film like this. That's all the celebration I ever need. Now, to further speak of Netflix, once again, the actor will be uh, making his worldwide premiere on Netflix, October 25th. So uh, will you, uh, is there a big red carpet viewing for you guys and staff and crew and friends? Well, no, I mean, we, 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 we've, we've had uh, staff and crew screenings um, earlier on. We we premiered in Holly Schultz, as you, shared, as you said, but we also premiered in the UK at the London Film Festival just last two weeks ago, which is a really extraordinary experience because obviously we, we filmed this film in London um and um i just i i'll probably have a little cry with my wife um and and, and you know our, our little girls will be asleep upstairs and we'll be in our living room with our very large dog and um we will both have a glass of something and, and probably cry whilst knowing that this our baby this labor of love um is out it's 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 unshackled <laughs> and free <laughs> yes. for the world to do what it will with it. I, 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 you know, that's in a few days now. And, um, I'm cautiously optimistic that, uh, people will go on a, on a journey with it. Oh, I absolutely highly recommend that they do. Uh, yes, the baby is officially growing up, walking down the aisle of Netflix <laughs> on October 25th. But so, okay. What, is next for you as far as filmmaking do you you know are you totally smitten by filmmaking now are you going to go into full features well, or what you know I, I fate is a funny thing I, I mean i believe this is what i was born to do um so then you know i i i'm hopefully going to have a long career with a moving image and right now i'm you know, I'm reading a lot of scripts, meeting a lot of great people in the industry, um, listening to people that have been there and done that, and making sure that I move in this industry in a way that is intentional, uh, but also represents my love of this medium. So, yes, absolutely, I cannot wait to, to make a feature, and we'll see what that feature will be. I cannot wait. I mean, we all love your uh, your photography work, of course. And so let's get into the, your photography here. You are uh, the first Black person to shoot a Vogue magazine cover. Mm. Uh, mm. And some of your many superstar clients, I should say, Rihanna, Kate Blanchett, Julia Roberts, Jay-Z, Angelina Jolie, and of course, uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Mm. I just m must ask you about your photography here. What are what are some of your memories of the the Prince Harry Meghan shoot when that occurred? Well, I mean, it's for me. Photography is about truth, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I I look for truth uh, and the, the trust. I'm trusted to be the custodian of people's stories, people's love. Um, and, you know, with H&M, um, with, with, with many of the people that I've shot, I hope I represent their truth um, in earnest. That's sort of my job. Um, so I don't, I don't really speak too much um, beyond that. They're, you know, if you know anything about me, you know that they are 
not clients, they are family. So um, I hold that that sense of trust very important. But what I will say is that all the images that I I have taken of them, uh, I'm incredibly proud that they have um, bestowed upon me the opportunity to share their family and their story and their love with the world. What were your memories of uh, shooting uh, Jay-Z? Jay. Jay, okay. That was the night of the the Heart of the Fall premiere. Mm -hmm. And my brother James Samuel, who directed the film, who's just made the Book of Clarence, as I'm sure you're aware of. Yes. Um, You know, so he he, uh, um, gave me the opportunity to shoot the whole cast, uh, Idris Elba, Jay-Z. And Jay was just so happy in London. This is the biggest film that he had produced with with james and you know to have that all black cast in london in a gala premiere you know beautiful black men and women dressed in in their best um showing their excellence it was just i was just so proud and it felt historic and jay as always was super graceful uh with his time with all the audience all the fans um and yeah i'll never forget that it just felt like yeah we are here we have stories to tell. That's what that night was about. It was beautiful. And one more. Memories of photographing Tom Cruise. TC. So he 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 is special because on the night, I mean, I've shot him a few times, but the, the, the big night that I shot him was Giorgio Armani's um, Lifetime Achievement Award. And, and Tom arrived early. And I had one of the young men that I, I mentor um, who is... Um, an amazing filmmaker in his own right. And I told Tom about Cornelius, my my friend Cornelius, and Tom stopped everything, spoke to this guy for like 20, 25 minutes. You know, this is a whole Tom Cruise, one-on-one focus on this young black man, you know, who he didn't have to help. And I was like, you know what? They don't make him like that anymore. You know, he he, he gave this man a an experience, experience he'll never forget that will hopefully um, take him to the, you know, make him feel that he deserves to be in these rooms. And that's a really special thing to do when you're in a position of power. So I have great respect for, for Mr. Cruz and how he moves. Well, now, Misan, we, ha- we have you, um, okay, photography, now film. What about book from you? A book? Yes. Damn, you really you you you're pushing me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. I could just see a coffee table book, parts yeah. one, two, three, four, twelve. I mean, yes. a collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've been I've been asked obviously by almost every publisher about this. That's not that's not really a secret. I I think the first thing I'm going to do is a big exhibition of my work. Um, I'm planning to do one in 25 because it'll be five years since the death of George Floyd. And that was really the seed of my civil rights work because, you know, I by far the most important side of my photography is not the celebrities. It's the civil rights work. My lens has to be at the tip of the spear when the world is crying. And I want those images, what I've done covering the gay and trans community, the anti-racist community, climate change, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, all of it. Um, survivors, black women that are survivors of domestic violence. I I have so many projects that are deeply personal to me. My trip to Somaliland last year in my capacity as ambassador for Save the Children, all these images I want to do in in an exhibition uh, in London and the US and 
I'll have a homecoming to to uh, to to Nigeria um, as well. Uh, hopefully in 2025. So that will come before any book. Um, but certainly, I'm sure there is a book in me at some point. Oh yes, it has to be. It has to be. People with your talent, you just have to just share it in so many different entities. And I'm down for it. The, okay. the, the exhibition, the galleries, the books, all of it. And the next film. Have you thought about or have you started working on? I know you said you've been approached, but uh, your next film, do, would you prefer it another film short or full length or, or what? No, no, I'll do a feature. I'll do a feature. Um, just trying to find the right thing. You know, it's a great story. It's so rare. Thank so, you know, either, either, you know, I find the right script or I just write something myself. Either way, I'm coming. Yes, <laughs> you definitely are. Well, Misan, thank you so much for the chat. Uh, this has been no, thank so, you. so thank delightful. Thank you. Uh, and it means well to me that you would give you know someone like me the opportunity to be on your platform. That oh, does not go forgotten. It means so much. So, this, this isn't some big you know blockbuster. This is a little film uh, with 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 a, an important message. So thank you for giving it the visibility. I believe it needs. Oh, absolutely. So to reach you on uh, Instagram, what's your handle for people listening? It's my name. Is my name, Missan Harry Man. Harry Man. Okay, Missan, I'm going to take you up on that offer, sir. Please do so. <laughs> okay, and so we'll all be. I want to tune in on October 25th when the rest of the world uh, tunes Please. in, so I can feel a part of the family there of viewers. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you again. Okay. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening and we'll see you on you Netflix. Too. Okay. Take, take care. care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Ooh.